<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official episode of Brain Credits. <laughs> I am your host, Ashley Benson, and in the car today with me, I have James and Aaliyah. Say hello. Hello. Woo! Hello. <laughs> so, uh, this podcast is something that we'll do um, every now and then when we find the time to get with yeah. each other, and if uh, Leah checks the group chat to make sure that we're doing it, yeah. um, which happens every two to three business days. <laughs> yep. Okay. Now... Um, the reason behind the name Brain Credit, I uh, probably should just put it out there, is I was travelling in a car once with my friend and, well, I said, that's something that lives in my head rent-free. <laughs> my friend turns to me and goes, how the fuck can something live in your head rent-free? And I said, with Brain Credit. Um, and so just every now and then when we have like these shower thoughts or things that we want to discuss, you know, they live in our head rent-free till we come into the car and expel them into the microphone and to each other. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Now, we have a few uh, topics that we are going to discuss today. What are our topics for today? I don't even know. Well, we have quite a few. We all just kind of just did our own yeah. topics okay. now. This podcast is pretty much just going to be us putting our brains onto the internet, talking okay, to each other about what we've got. theme of today's episode, though? Is it theme. relationships? I think... I think relationships is what we're going to start with. Okay. I think that's right. how we go. I think, we've, I think we've all got one that's about relationships. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we may not cover all three topics today, but um, also, did you want to set a timer maybe for like an hour and a half or so? Yeah. Just, just to being, make sure, yeah. Being, I've got a stopwatch anyway. Cool. So um, you have what? So James has what drives attraction? I have blah, 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 blah. Where is it? I have it written down here. Um purpose which would then follow into relationships because that's where I got it from um, but that can also branch into a whole bunch of and then Aaliyah what have you got what do you have I had like a little mini one I had to do opposites attract but I also had one where it was like how I th- the difference between a crush how it's perceived in like yeah. boyfriend groups and girlfriend groups because I feel like it, <laughs> okay. it can it is, be yes. both the same it, but very different like it, different yes. I think it can be yeah so I think those ones we can save till last, and we'll just see if it leads into there or not. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Might as well. What do we want to start with? Purpose. Let's start with the... Um, we can start with purpose, yeah. Yeah, start purpose. Sure, purpose. You sent it in the group chat first. Yes. Because Aaliyah didn't even send it in the group chat, so we no. had to find out what we were doing yeah, for Aaliyah's no, topics uh, this morning like when we surprise. met up. It was, yeah. Well, yeah it was a, little, a little late so surprise. So you could get the fresh thoughts, you know? I don't want you to already start thinking about things. I need to catch you off guard so it's fresh. Sure. Um, <laughs> just want to point out when we started this podcast, Ash ripped his shoes off. <laughs> yeah, my, my shoes are currently on the floor. Um, these shoes, these shoes actually performed in um, School of Rock. So oh, that. They they're, they're falling You're apart. They're really off. falling apart. It doesn't even have a fucking sole anymore. <laughs> it's gone. Um, so, yes. What's purpose. behind purpose, Ash? Well, I'll ask you guys though. In terms of like purpose, like what do you guys think that is when it comes to just general life? When 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 I say like oh you have purpose, you know, or you desire purpose, like what do you guys think about? Those are two different sentences. They are two different sentences. But what do you think about? James first. (laughs) Okay. Um, Coward. I I think purpose is something that I guess every human really needs. Um, It's more. You get it from other people. You can get it for yourself with, like, purpose in sort of figuring out how you're going to do stuff yourself. But I think a lot of... um, A lot of purpose is derived from other people. Mm. Like, in a job, 
your purpose is to work, make money. Um, well, you get you get money as a reward. Yeah. You have the purpose of selling or writing reports or whatever you do for work. Um, I think it's very it's very necessary for someone to have. It's um, something that a lot of people do need. A lot of people also go without. Um, it's also something people need in relationships, in friendships, mm. um, at home. You need purpose everywhere. Um, I know playing like playing sport you're, gives me purpose because your team relies on you to do a certain thing. Um, I, play, I play striker and soccer, so my purpose would be to score a goal. See, I think I'd, sorry. No, go. No, no, go. I feel like I'd contradict you on that. There's there's a difference between purpose and role. For mm. me, purpose is more intrinsic. It's something yeah. that drives you. It's as small as when you wake up in the morning, what is your purpose? And everyone's is completely different. And it's what I think motivates every move. Why why people are so different is because their purpose is so different. Yeah. And your nice role setup. can influence that. Like were you saying your role in a sport or in your job has a big influence on your purpose and yep. so does other people they influence it but i wouldn't say it comes from them i think it probably starts quite young mm-hmm. and it develops a bit more and more and it will probably always slightly change but i think it probably by the time you're 18 it already starts to cement yeah. and i don't i yeah. think i do agree with you in the fact that some people just don't have purpose and i think that That's can cause sad. a lot of mental yeah. issues mm-hmm. or just you to feel very I think per I think what typically happens when people don't have purpose, they sort of lose themselves. Yes. I think purpose is something that gives you purpose in life, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um it, it gives you reason to get up and do yeah. something. Because if you can't if you don't have something that you can cling on to, work towards, create, build whatever it is that you know best fits the situation then what's what's the reason to get out of bed? Like, the, like the reason why we value life so much is because of death. Yeah. Death gives us purpose for as much as we might fear it or hate it. Death is the reason why we get up and make a legacy out of ourselves. Mm. It gives us purpose to get up and do so. Purpose isn't so much like a role, as you were saying. Like, you know, there's two different things, a yeah. role and a purpose. Purpose is more of an external pressure, I think. It's more of a, you know, if you don't have purpose in your life, if you don't, if there's nothing that you're contributing to, if there's nothing that you're able to do in your role, you can't do much mm. in your life. Like I think, like I wrote um, in a script, um, Eureka. Um, one of the characters says, um, "A man without hands is a man without duty, and a man without duty is a man without purpose." Yeah, I agree with that. So if you don't have, you know, the hands to get up and do something, hands are the metaphor. You know, that, that could be the tools. That could be the responsibility, that could be the motivation. If you don't have that, then you're not going to have a sense of a role, of moral duty, of doing something to benefit society or benefit your own life in any way. And if you don't have anything that you can contribute to, then you yourself won't feel like you have purpose. Mm. And as soon as you feel like you don't have purpose, this is where you know people can fall into depressions, people can fall into habits that give them temporary pleasure mm. to make them feel like they're wanted. Make them feel like they're actually doing something, even when they're just putting themselves backwards, deeper into a hole. Yeah. Yeah, I think purpose purpose sort of gives someone a role. Yeah. I think purpose goes into a role. Um, you can get purpose from a role, but to get into a role, you need purpose. Mm. 
I think, like, applying for a job that's seeking more of that. Mm. Um, or joining a sport team or whatever you want to do as purpose. Yeah. I yeah, think I... that... Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, eagerness to fill a role derives directly from mm. purpose. Mm. I agree. I think they are, like, interdependent. They do one affects the other and the other affects the other. Because you could have someone, if they don't know their purpose and they get pushed into a role, I'm kind of thinking of my, my dad here. Yeah. He had a lot of talents, a lot of skills, but kind of just didn't really have a purpose, stumbled into a role. And sometimes by having the role first before the purpose, that can restrict the purpose. Actually, yes. I, yeah. I, I feel like so. it can make people feel very lost because they don't... You get boxed into a role. You get boxed yeah. in. And you don't get any more purpose other than yeah. what yes. that role's giving you. And especially yeah. if that, that role... Does, and that role probably won't fulfill you because yeah. you don't have purpose because, to keep doing it over Because purpose and over again. is limitless. Yeah. Purpose is limitless. You can, you can make purpose out of anything. You can, you can make yourself worth anything for as much as you contribute. But as soon as you fit yourself into a role... Like if, if, you're, if you were just the person who was meant to just type up on the computer, print out the files and hand it into the boss. If that's all your role is, that's all your purpose will be. Mm. But if you, you know, enlarge in your purpose, enlarge in your life to then fit yourself into other roles, into other things, then you will have so much more purpose. You have so much worth to society. But yet, if you do fall into a role before you find your purpose, you will get boxed in. If you find your purpose and your worth, I feel like you will, you know, shoot more for the stars then just eventually just sit and do nothing with mm. whatever you are given. Mm. And then that's just your role for the rest of your life. That's your purpose for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think it's important to not get stuck in a role that only gives you an amount of purpose to keep you in that role. Points. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's good to have, like, the job's purpose that it gives you, but it's mm. also good to have your own level of purpose Oh yeah. so that you can like improve yourself you can move on yeah. do better things yeah. do bigger things this is this is why people work out it gives them a sense of purpose it gives them like they're worth something yeah they're contributing to themselves they're bettering their exactly their exactly it's 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 contributing to oneself and that's not selfish that is honestly just good hard work yeah it's positive it's good and it in the end all you get out of it is benefits yeah, that's all, what good purpose good is. So, like, you know, this is why I play Oztag, is because I feel like I have a purpose when I'm on the field. You know, sure, my role is just being, you know, this center role. Sure, you know, give me the ball, I'll fucking run. <laughs> but my purpose, you know, it, it is greater than just being on the team. Yeah. So, and it gives me, it gives me a sense of worth. It gives me like I'm valued to the team. And that's, that, that, that's what I think, honestly, many people lack in uh, today's society is worth. Mm, yeah. because whether it's because you know we fall into habits where we don't feel like we're worth anything and I think that's definitely stemming into like you know more like hookup culture and um, alcohol drug abuse you know all these types of things because they, they, they give you a sense of well, they give you a sense of relief yeah and you know but the thing is that in the long term it hurts because mm. you then realise that you're not worth anything you were never worth anything to the person that you slept with that's why it feels like shit afterwards sometimes. And that's why it's like, but it felt good in the moment. Of course it felt good in the moment. But then afterwards, you feel like shit. You feel like, no, I need to go back to that again. I need to feel, go back to that worth. Of course you need to go back to that worth. 
It made you feel good. Mm. Made you feel worthy. But then it's over. 30 seconds later, a minute later. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, right. Cool. And that's it. So yeah, that is it. Like long-term and short-term are two big things that I think people are forgetting about. You need long-term things for long-term desire. You need long-term desires and it's going to be painful. Yes. It's going to be hard work. Yes. But in the end, it's so much more satisfying. It gives you so much more purpose purpose, and it feel, you feel so much more worthy pursuing a long-term anything, long-term relationship than you do feeling, than you do, you know, trying to fulfill your life with a short-term anything. Mm. Short-term anything's all right. It's okay to have some short-term things because, you know, nothing always lasts forever and some things are only meant to be, you know, a few days or so, you know. But it's still the fact that if you strive for something in the future, that will give you more purpose to keep on going. If you say, I'm, you know, in five years from now, I'm going to be in this position, I'm going to have this, I'm going to make this amount of money, I'm going to have this, you know, physique of my body, I'm going to have these mannerisms, I'm going to change my lifestyle. That's giving you purpose to do something. You're contributing to yourself, possibly even more to society, to your family, to your friends, to your partner. And it's, if you have long-term commitments and are willing to go the distance, you will help yourself and benefit yourself so much more, you will feel worthy. If you keep pursuing these short-term little pleasures and these little benefits, these little satisfactions, eventually you'll wake up, you'll be 25 years old, and you'll be like, shit, I just wasted the past five years of my life. Fuck. And all I did was sleep around, abuse drugs, and get drunk. I don't remember half of the shit that I did. I know that I didn't really enjoy it afterwards. It was just in the moment. Like, no one likes to smoke cigarettes. I don't think there's really anyone out there who's like, oh, yes, this is really good. It's... It's just the fact that in, in the moment, there's this short-term relief. Short-term little hip, hit of dopamine. It's a little hit of dopamine. And this is, this is the problem with like TikTok and with Instagram and these you know, social media platforms because they're just giving you hits of dopamine over and over and over again. Every time you swipe up, swipe... And even with like fucking like Tinder and dating apps, swiping left and swiping right is dopamine hits because you are seeing an attractive person and you'll swipe right. Or left, or whichever one I don't do that. Yeah. But yeah, you know. But what I'm saying is, like, you see people back and forth, and it gives you these little dopamine hips of, oh, I could be with them. Oh, I could be with them. Oh, I could be with them. Oh, I'm definitely gonna fuck them. And it gets you into this habit, and it's so toxic to just keep on going back and forth between different people, as if we're a fucking shopping market. Mm. We're not. Yeah. You can't sell yourself. Don't you like? There's a proper way to sell yourself, and there's a disrespectful way to sell yourself. Mm. And finding the difference between the two can be difficult. You know, like for, for instance, like a, 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 me as an actor, I have to sell myself. But I wouldn't say that I'm doing it in a negative way. Mm. I'm doing it in quite a positive way because I'm trying to branch out my talents and branch out, you know, uh, my understanding of human behavior and storytelling. I'm trying to, you know, tell stories. So I sell myself to people, to producers, to directors, to agencies, so that they can hopefully see my talent and see my potential. And then in and then when they say yes to me, that would then give me purpose and worth. Yeah. To kind of add on to that point a little bit, and I can't come. I can only comment from like a woman's perspective, girl's mm. perspective. But when it comes to selling yourself, I feel like nowadays, especially with social media and you know, especially with teenage girls, I feel like it's kind of hard to know what's right. Do you see so mm. much stuff of guys being like, "Oh, nobody count this, that, that," mm. but at the same time. The types of girls I go after are the ones that have the high body counts, ones sleeping around, the 
look a certain way and they present it's themselves temporary. a certain way. It's temporary and it's pleasure. temporary, but it messes with girls because like, well, yes. I want the guy and the guy goes for this type of girl. So she's yeah. going to turn into that type of girl, exactly. realizes she doesn't and get the guy that she wants. She just... And I think... I think the best thing that I can say to a female, and again, I'm not a female, so please (laughs) tell me otherwise if I'm wrong, but I think the best thing I can say is just hold high morals. Mm. Don't, Don't build walls around yourself because then you'll just box yourself in, you'll become stubborn and arrogant, and you know, you'll, you'll hurt yourself and you'll find it hard to be with someone. But if you can just have morals and just be like, no, I'm not going to change into what you want me to be just so you can be with me. Don't ever change yourself so that someone will want to be with you. If it, 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 That's also a very loose term as well to say because like, in a way, you do have to somewhat change yourself yeah, so that say, someone can be with someone. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to change yourself, but don't change yourself for the worse. Only change yourself for the better. Like If you're sitting here going, no one wants to be with me, it's like, well, look at your fucking room. Is your bed made? Is your clothes away? Do you smell nice? Do you shave? Do you look after yourself? Do you go to the gym? If no, then it's like, well, maybe maybe they're not the problem. You're the problem. Yeah. But if you are going to the gym and you are, you know, working out and you're making sure you got better, you have a job, you know, you're doing well, you're you know, going out there, you're extroverted or intro- even if you are introverted, you know, you, you, you can hold a conversation, you're nice, you're gentle, you're kind, you know, you've got good posture, you have table manners. Like, if you have all these things, if you are a genuinely good bloke, and people still don't want to be with you, I think it's not then so much your problem. It's, I think you need to then surround yourself in an environment that is better for you. Mm. You need to find people who are then like you. Because again, what you surround yourself with is what you are. Mm. If you, sur- like, look at the music that you listen to. Like, no wonder why people are like, oh, you know, I don't feel good today. I don't like today. I'm so depressed. Like well, half the music is a, is slobbering crap (laughs) where they're just complaining about you know being depressed and wanting to kill themselves and you know temporary pleasures so look at the society that we're living in it it, what what you are surrounding what you surround yourself is who you are so if you want to be with someone if you want to be with this ideal woman you need to surround yourself in the i in in the values that she holds not in the values that you want that she you think she wants to hold so don't become this you know arrogant prick who's a dick you know who just you know goes around and just sleeps with anyone because you know that's that's what she wants it's like no be a good man be a stoic strong man don't change yourself for the negative because you want to be with someone as soon as you do that because i did that as soon as you do that you fall into a trap and it is toxic it is bad and in a way in the end it's embarrassing to look back and go, damn, I changed myself out of desperation. Mm. That's where I think it comes from. Don't change yourself out of desperation. Change yourself out of necessity. Mm. Soon as you change yourself out of necessity, things will align. Listen to better music. Eat healthier. Go out and get some sun. You know, get off the phone. Do things with your life. Contribute. Find purpose. Find worth. Even if it's through hobbies that don't pay. You know, if, if you find enjoyment... Like we, we find enjoyment playing D&D. So we surround ourselves in that culture. Mm. You know, we, we, there's probably memes on our Instagram that, you know, we look at yep, and that's, that's D&D shit. So you surround yourself in that environment. So if you really want to, you know, find out, well, why isn't my life working? It's like, well, look at your bedroom. Can you fix anything in your bedroom? Can you put those clothes away? Can you, you know, fix your bed up? Could you paint maybe a wall, give it some color? Could you open a window? 
Like, what can you do in the moment, just in your own bedroom, and then take a look at yourself in the mirror, you know, like, what can I do? Could I shave? Could I, you know, maybe get a different hairstyle? Maybe change the way that my clothes look today. Like, what, what can you do to change yourself for the better? Never change yourself again out of desperation, only for necessity when it calls upon it. I feel like I can add on to this because I don't feel like I've got many good relationship kind of skills. However, yeah. one that I've always, that has always worked for me and benefited me is if there's, let's say someone I like, and I've done this with pretty much everyone I've ever had a crush on, <laughs> I look at whatever qualities that draw me to them, whether it's mm. because they're smart or they're extroverted and they're intelligent. And a lot of times I realize it's maybe something that maybe I have, but not to that extent. Yeah. And I will look at all the qualities I like in them and I will start being like, okay, you know, they're, they're smart. So they're, yeah. they're studying a lot. I really respect that. So in my life, I'll be like, okay, well, I'll start studying, you know, and either it can work in the sense that it brings you two close together mm-hmm. because it's a shared interest. It's that, like you were saying, like a kind of shared thing. Yep. Or if that person doesn't like you, oh, well, because by then you no longer look at that and be like, oh, I don't have that. I want that because you've got that in yourself now. And you've, yeah. even if you didn't get that relationship, you've walked away with a skill. And like you said, you've changed for the better. You haven't changed for the worse. You can mm. be like, I didn't get you, but I did still get something from that. And yeah. I think yeah. that is probably a good mindset to have with a lot of relationships rather mm. than like, how can I fix myself from a place of insecurity of like, can I look better? Yeah. Can I do this? Again, you, out of necessity. Yeah. If you actually find positive things that you like in them and then change that for yourself, yeah. it's both good for the relationship and for yep. yourself. Yeah. I think it's um, I think it's really good to sort of have that ability to sort of talk to your partner that shows you what or shows them what purpose you want in a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think admittedly we have just derailed not really derailed, but we've gone straight into relationships, which is what which is what today's about. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I think it's good to have the, you know what your purpose is. It's good to yes. know your purpose rather than have a purpose but not know exactly what it is. Yeah. I think if you seek out a purpose and then get that purpose, I think that's a lot better than if you're seeking out any purpose and it just comes to you. Yeah. I think seeking out a specific purpose or like a sort of an area of purpose, it's a lot better than just wanting a purpose and getting any purpose you want. Mm. Um, I think that can, if you just do it so that it's like any purpose, you're not actually seeking out any specific purpose. I think that can lead to desperation. Yeah. I think um, if you don't value purpose, then or don't value your own purpose in life, then I think that's going to lead to a lot of desperation um, with, like, relationships and just wanting things. Yeah. Like, wanting a relationship that might not be good, but just because you want the purpose of having someone in your life, you want to care for them and stuff. Yes. You might not pick pick the right person. Yes. Because it's... It's desperation. Desperation, yeah. To link what you said to what something you mentioned earlier, Ash. Yeah. I feel like coming off of that two people that might not have a purpose they it's the whole thing of if there's no purpose and you get put into a role first so let's say two people that have no purpose they want that short-term distraction so they might get into a relationship or some sort of relationship and 
that creates a role of girlfriend boyfriend mm. and then all of a sudden you're just confined to that you can't really grow outside of that but you're two people that don't have purpose and you're kind of just desperately linked to the first person you can find that yep. also has no purpose you both don't really grow and it could be a dysfunctional relationship Absolutely. but because you haven't created a role outside of that you have no purpose driving you away from yes. that people get i feel like a lot of people can get stuck in that yes people especially when it comes to relationships both need purpose in a relationship mm. you need to both feel like you're contributing match, yes so that's need, a big thing I think, I think a lot of reasons things fall apart is when people have two different purposes and they just yeah. I think morals are also lost if you don't have a purpose. If you don't have a purpose, oh, yeah. you lose morals. Yeah. Which is why I think, you know, like, I, again, I'm not, I'm not religious. I don't know how religious you guys are. Not at all. Um, but I think in a way, like, having religion, having, a, having something to believe in, even if you call it a god or, you know, the morals of the Bible, you know, I think, I think it is good. It is a good thing. I'm so jealous of people that have religion. I wish I was religious because I... Obviously, there are negative aspects. Of course there's negative. There's negative aspects to everything. everything. Yeah, but I think the overall... I just see... I envy sometimes... They have that inherent purpose because yeah. of that. And at the same time, yeah. it, it really helps, I guess, push them up in times where yeah. other people might be able to get stuck down. They always have that thing driving yeah. them forward. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's so... My friend Lewis, Lewis Way, um, shout out to Lewis if he watches <laughs> and listens to the podcast. He, um, he, he doesn't really care for religion at all, but he was, um, he went overseas somewhere in South Africa, um, and he taught there for a while. Um, and he would say that, you know, when he would go to the churches, they were so welcoming and they'd sing and they'd they'd love and they'd laugh and it was such a good environment he, he said he would never really he'd never really go to a church but if he got invited to one of those ceremonies or one of those religious ceremonies he would absolutely go because of the environment that is created again surround yourself and if you want whatever you want to become surround yourself in that so and he was surrounded by this love and this warmth and it's so funny like it I, like you ever see those you know in any any culture that has a religion I don't think I've ever seen a really upset person that is religious of any kind really, really, like, ultimately just give up. Mm. They'll always say, you know, nope, God has a plan for me. God has his plan. And that right there is faith. That right there is hope. And yes, hope and faith, you know, they, 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 are, they are completely just invisible ideas. And it's just, it's just blind closing your eyes and walking and saying, it's going to work, it's going to work, it's going to work. But I would rather have that mindset of, I, I, I'm going to pray, it's going to work, I'm going to try and make it work, I'm going to just keep walking forward. I'd rather that mindset than just, fuck it. All right, that's it, it's over. See you guys. I agree. Like, you need, you need faith, and religion can give you faith with that. So, I think it's... Like, sure, regardless if you believe in religion or not, regardless if you think, you know, it's a violent crime to have it in the first place, whatever your stance is on religion, I think it's, it's, you need to keep yourself open to the fact that, you know, there are people out there that are happier with religion in their life. Like, people sometimes even go to prison after doing some sort of heinous crime, and you'll see them, you know, in prison, and they'll be like, man, I, I found Jesus, man. I found him. Like, I, I, and, and you see that and you talk to them and then they become lovely people. They become nicer people. I know that I've, I've had family that have gone to jail and have said, you know, like, man, I have found Jesus. I have found him. I know friends who, like, you know, who have had people go to jail. And again, they're like, dude, he found Jesus. He's so much happier and he's such a nice and welcoming person. 
like again, yes, there is there's controversies with religion. Absolutely, there's controversies with every single discussion mm. to ever be made. To be honest, but it's just the fact that you know there's this blind faith of you know it's gonna be okay. Mm. Jesus or God or you know whatever religion you believe in has a plan for you, and it's gonna be okay. And as long as you keep your faith, as long as you keep on going forward and just being nice, be kind to your neighbor, do do uh, do to others as they would have them do to you. Like, as long as you hold these good, valued morals in your life, as long as you hold them dear and hold them close and you keep on going forward, you, bad things just can't happen to you in a way. Like, like bad, bad things will still happen. But, like, at least when it does happen, you'll be like, you know what? Yeah, it's okay. Their effect on you isn't as severe. Exactly. And if you can remain positive in a negative situation, you've won. You've won. And that's what I always find is, you know, again, you, you'll see them at the absolute lowest and they'll go, it's okay, Jesus has a plan for me. It's like, dude, I wish I had that amount of yeah. faith. I wish I could just sit back and go, you know what? You're right. He does have a plan. I don't know who Jesus is. Sounds fucking cool. I like him. Like, <laughs> but you can't because, again, you know, you, you just, you base yourself off your own morals and stuff like that. But I, I think, honestly, having a religion is not a negative thing. And if you believe, no. you know what? That is no fucking way. awesome if you believe. And if you don't believe... That's awesome that you don't believe. The way I've kind of always, I guess, seen it, I love faith. I love the idea of faith. It's yep. the actual religion as more of a a construct, I suppose, and how that's been corrupted that I don't really like. Mm-hmm. But the actual act of faith actual and of believing faith. of something and following these morals, I've yep. always adored that. Yes, yes. I think religions... I'm not religious, but I think religion's really Three cool. Three non-religious people speak on religion. Yeah, yeah this, is, this is fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, I think religion's really good because it gives gives people like a desire to do something. Yes. I think it gives people... Gives you purpose. A purpose, a reason. Um, I think whether or not you believe in religion or not, I think everyone needs to have a desire for something or yes. a belief in something. Um... I, I'd like to believe, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm religious, but I do like to believe that gods exist. I just don't like the ideal of the one single being. I think I like the more, I think I like Norse mythology, actually, it's really cool. Um, that has, like, many gods, for anyone that doesn't know. Um, but I think I like that because you can go to different ones depending on what you need, what you're in need of. Um, but like, I think every religion is like, it's different. All of it's different. Very, very different. Um, and I think we need to like, we need to know that. And we, people need to have a desire. I don't, I don't like people that dislike religion. Mm. Like I get some of them, like sometimes it can get a little bit extreme. Um, things can happen from that, which is unfortunate, but I think religion in itself is um, is needed. People need to have that religion mm. because they need something to believe in. They need a belief. They need a reason to be in this world. Um, how they get that is entirely up to them. Um, whether it is through religion, yeah. through friends, stuff like that. I think having a purpose is needed for yeah. human life to continue. 
as... Well, I guess James, I keep bringing back to purpose, because I think we stray a little bit, me and Ash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bring it back. You bring it back, yeah. I'm like, religion, how do I link this back into <laughs> purpose? Anyway, um, I think it's... I think we definitely... I think humans need religion or a belief or a purpose in life yeah. to actually, like, progress and better themselves yep. in this world. To really abruptly uproot this conversation, great conversation. Mm. But, James, what was the, what you want to talk about today? Because I remember I found that interesting. That was uh, what drives attraction. Yes. Yeah. Can we start on that? Yeah. I feel like I've got some... Do we want to do Aaliyah's little one first? We have it's been, no. been about half hour into this one. This little episode here. Oh, if we get time, we'll swing around to yours. Yeah, mine. I'm not really interested in mine. I'm more interested. All right. Yeah. No. So what yeah. drives attraction? So, I, with this, I was more thinking. I know exactly what you're going to start talking about. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't about. even know what I'm going to talk about. No, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. No, what do you think? I'm, I'm going to remain about? silent. <laughs> I have no clue right. what I'm going to talk about. I haven't got thoughts on this one yet. I was going to piece up whatever you say. I'm that influenced. All right. So, attraction. I want to know. I want to know you guys think attraction is whether that's attraction to like in a relationship attraction to friends not like obviously romance attraction but attraction in friendship in um even like relationships with parents and stuff yeah what drives you to want to be with them um whether or not like you necessarily want to be there Mm. what makes you feel like you need to be there like whether it's need to be there for them or yeah, just want to be there with them. Yep. Um, what drives that? What do you guys? See, I like this question because I actually there's definitely not one answer. I think no, no. This is what drives attraction is different for every individual. Absolutely. There might be some yeah. common Mostly. characteristics that influence it, mm. but overall. And there's so many different rabbit holes because there's like relationships with like significant other, significant others. There's friendship that's attraction. That's relationships. I think that's a juicy one. <laughs> well, oh, that is the topic for today. Yeah. Anyway. I think. I think, as I was saying before, um, when we're getting food, is I when I when I meet someone, I like to think about. Again, I'm I'm a long term thinker. I don't always live in the future because then you get anxiety from that. But I like to try and look at someone and be like, oh. Well, who are you going to be in the next few months, next few years, next I mean, I few how long? Interesting. We're different on this, so yeah, keep going. Yeah. and then I'll oh, we're, all, we're definitely all different. We're all on different. This. So like, like, like again, when I met my friend Oscar, he despised me. He, he was like, "Oh, you are so annoying." We, we've talked about it now since, and you know, Oscar and I are good friends. But he was like, "You know, you were annoying. You were a prick. You were just a dick." Like it's like, and and I used to think the same on many things. I used to think, you know, you were a you know, bit of a dick. And he, he can acknowledge it. I can acknowledge it. Yes, I was a dick. And yes, he was a dick. We can both acknowledge it. But I think the reason why we still were somewhat friends, he might not agree with this, but the reason why I was friends with him is because I could see just how much potential he had. He was so smart. He was funny. Like, he was clever. Like, he was witty. He was intelligent. Like, he was just, he was so focused and forward-thinking. Like, yeah, and I, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, I want to be friends with this guy. Like, I know who he can become. Same with even you. I knew the potential that you had, even with acting. Like, I know that you're not really going straight with that anymore in your mm. career. But at the time that I met you, I was like, you know, you've actually got some fucking potential with your acting. If I actually tried. Yeah, but <laughs> at, at that point, you sucked. Ash hated you. But you saw <laughs> yeah, how you did. Yeah, you fucking <laughs> sucked. Nah, 
you were. I mean, uh, it was. It was just. I can see potential. Mm. Like when we first had that maintenance shift. Oh, best shift. We did a really best fucking. Sh- I, I, th- I still think we. I think we've managed to convince Michelle to give us. Oh, I hope we have. I hope we have with Aaron. Um, but like when I first met you, that was really that maintenance shift. Didn't really know who you were. Oh no, we'd never. I we. I'd seen you at the Christmas party. Yep. Where and you did like the worm. Yeah. You did all your crazy freaking dance moves. That's about it. That's and how, then, that's how most people. And then I had never seen you. I didn't even see you before. I didn't. Even, you worked with me, and then the next few weeks after that, until that shift, I hadn't seen you. Yeah. And then that one that fateful day. That, that fateful day. <laughs> fateful day where me and Ash became best friends. It was just, how it happened. It just was. It would. We'll, be, we'll have that story in a different <laughs> it's episode a of the dumb, podcast. It's a, it's a maintenance story. <laughs> the maintenance story. But, <laughs> but like again, like when, when I first met you and I was talking to you, I kind of could see who you were in potential. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're actually a good guy. Like you have potential. Like I don't know what you think about me, but like <laughs> I like. Fucking him. hated him. I think yeah, exactly. Everyone hates me when they first meet me. But I was like, oh, you actually have potential. You seem to have goals. You seem to have understanding. Like, yes, you at that time, probably didn't have many goals or understanding, but I could see that what you were eventually going to have in your life. I could see how you were going to slowly change. And I will say, you have somewhat changed since I then met you there. Because I would say you've taken on more responsibility. You've become much more mature. I would think that even though that maintenance shift was definitely not mature whatsoever, <laughs> and every shift bit. is never really mature, but like I could see what was going to become of you. And I think that's the same. Like, that's why... Do you remember Curtis Paul? I remember the name. So, like, again, he was... He's an Eshe. He was an Eshe. And I could see the life that he was, you know... The, the, the life that he chose was a life different that I guessed he would lead. Mm. Because, again, he was so talented. Mm. He was so funny. He was rich with energy. Like, he was just a good person. Now, unfortunately, he took more of a different path with his life. And, you know, since then, have we really been talking? Not so much. But I could see the potential he was going to come. Mm. And every single time I ever, talk, ever reminisce about him with anyone that knows him, every single person goes... <sighs> Such wasted potential. Mm. And I don't mean that in a negative way of Curtis is listening. I love you, buddy. I think, honestly, you still have that potential. But, like, I think everyone everyone really thought highly of him. And everyone could see what he was going to become. Same with Duffy. Duffy was an Eshe. But I could see what he was, he was going to become. And I actually was correct on what he was going to become. And now he's, like, one of my best friends. So, in terms of what attracts me to people, it's like, what's your potential? And I'll usually find out these things after a bit of psychoanalyzing people. But I'll usually talk to them and I'll find out, you know, in terms of like their love life, their morals, their fears, their, you know, their likes, their dislikes. From, from that, I can usually determine, oh, you're pretty ambitious. You're pretty focused. You've got passion. You've got understanding. You've got good morals and you're quite mature. That's what attracts me usually. Mm. Also, and talent. You've got talent. Regardless if that's you can sing or you can act, or you can paint, or you're just really good, you're, you're good at your job, but you've got talent in, like, you know, organisation skills and vocal communication, or, you know, maybe you've got talent in sport and physical exercise. Whatever your talent lies in, I can always recognise that in people. Mm. And I love to recognise that in people. And again, that's what I think I see in people. I go, you have so much talent and potential, I want to be friends with you. Because I know in five years... You're going to be someone who is still focused, is still on the grind, is still doing something. And that, to me, is so inspirational. And I want, and again, surround yourself with things that you love. So I surround myself with those people 
and it makes me a better person myself. Yeah. I'm not perfect, but I will get better if I keep on surrounding myself with people who have potential. You really kind of cheat code to life. <laughs> yeah, cheat code to this life. Is, this episode has become like a um, motivational story. Better your life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was absolutely no idea attraction. I don't know. Oh, no, it was, but it wasn't. It's what, what my attraction is. That's yeah, fair. and that's the thing. I think it's. That's why I was saying it's very it's, Yeah, it's vision. very, very because different. Because how you're saying you think long term, I am the complete. Oh, hello. I <laughs> am the complete opposite where I am a very short term person. Because as much as I. Get do, it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I, I like the idea of potential, I'm very much I kind of a present person. I, mm. I have a very clear vision of where I want to go in the future. And, you know. I'll deal with that when it gets there and everything I do in the present moment will hopefully get me to get there but overall I'm very much in the present so when it comes to relationships and attraction if you uh, make me laugh if you better me right now and I enjoy being with you as a person you are now that's enough for me that's enough to attract me it doesn't matter if in three months we grow apart and when that does happen oh well you know hopefully we can end on good terms knowing that time that we did share together was good but in this moment right now you're good for me and i'm good for you and if we change we change if we don't cool i guess it's a long-term thing but that was always my thing with attraction very opposite to yours which is why i find attraction so unique because yeah how different are our two outlooks and yet it's it's the same thing kind of where Mm. we, we look at people and we're drawn to something it's just in very different ways yeah yeah, I'm drawn. I'm drawn to potential. Mm. That's what I say. I am. That's my main attraction. I think. I think I'm weirdly enough a mix of both. I think I like to see someone that, whether or not they know what they want to do with their life, I want to see that they're at least trying to do something. Mm. I want to see that they have the like have the goals. Yes. Um, back to not, purpose. <laughs> back to purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, not so much. Honestly, not, everything is surrounded by purpose. Not gonna lie, but it's um not like as in depth as you said, Ash. But I think my I sort of go look for people that are want to do something with their life, whether they obviously whether they know what they want to do or not. Um, they have like a desire to do something. They want to do something rather than just sitting at home all day they want to mm, yes. like get a job or something like that i don't think i don't like people there's i've there's been a few people in my life that have put off getting a job because it was i don't know like too nerve-wracking yeah. something like that if i don't like the mindset of oh no this is too scary i don't want to do this yeah i i can get myself into that mindset i do i have anxiety i've like diagnosed anxiety but I try my best to push through that yeah. I don't want to don't want to sit there and be like this is too scary I don't want to do that mm. um I lodged my tax return the other day I did that solo that was terrifying to me that oh, was the I've, first I've one I've do ever mine. done <laughs> that was the first one I've ever done and that was like that was scary how much did you get back <laughs> Not much. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but that was scary because I didn't know what I did. Thankfully, my dad um, is quite good with that stuff, so he helped me a lot. But I went in there blind. I wanted to do it on my own to overcome the fear of mm. doing my taxes. It's not a thing 
not a thing you learn in school, so it's not something that's super obvious, not something that's, like, it's not something we do mm. and know exactly how to do it instantly. Um, but it is more something that is, you obviously, obviously have to do it, yeah. um, but it's not really something that we know how to do. Thankfully, the ATO makes it so much easier to do because it's actually not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, thankfully, thank God. Um, <laughs> but it was still terrifying. Same, like, same with like getting into a relationship. I'm always scared getting into a relationship because I don't know how mm. it's going to turn out. Like, I think. So I just stay away from them. <laughs> well, don't, don't do that. That brings us bad measures. Listening, don't do that. I think I've been in I've been in a few relationships. There's only been one that's turned out well. Um, unfortunately, the other ones are mm, very interesting. We won't get to them in this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there is like there's definitely a reason you should get into a relationship. Yes. But I think what I look for, back to attraction, I realised I was deviating, um, <laughs> um, is definitely, like, yeah, purpose, but also, um, like, friendliness, niceness, respect. Yes. Um, looks, not so much. I don't overly mind. Really? Um, looks are still a thing. I don't... Okay, I was about to say, I feel like... It's not like looks, it's not a factor, think, but as long as... I think looks are a factor in everything. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the thing with looks, it might not... It, it's a factor in everything, because if you do like a person up on their personality, they become better looking by default. Oh, yes. You just start like, oh, wow, the way their eyes sparkle when they yeah. think about that, it's just so attractive. Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't necessarily be like they need to be a 10 out of 10 top model. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But yeah. then again, like a 10 out of 10 top model might have a terrible personality, and then... To you, they look like a four. Yeah. Like, when they don't have that personality, their looks to you drop down. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's how you find it, Aaliyah, but... No, if it's... They're, they're <laughs> 10 out of 10, I just don't respect them. Yeah, I, I, I'd rather find someone with more personality than looks. But again, I still do believe looks do matter. Look, looks definitely matter. I don't... I don't necessarily agree with anyone that says looks don't matter. Mm. Um... Because it always, it will more than likely always matter in anything. Like, looks, very important, but as well as, like, um, respect for, obviously, respect for yourselves is respect for others. Um, Respect for their parents is a big thing. If you disrespect your parents, for me, that is a really big thing. I don't. something that I've learned in this relationship. Not a a fan of that. um, Because your parents literally responsible for your whole yes. upbringing they they did everything for you no questions asked i feel like the respect needs to be there but obviously in different situations different things can arise different um different problems reasons why you don't respect them i understand that but i think all in all they deserve respect mm-hmm. but that that's me um and then also yeah being nice to people i think I think I'm I'm definitely a more introverted person, so I don't like I don't mind meeting people, but I don't actively go meet people. I guess um, I think that's why joining Hoyt, uh, joining work Hoyts was such a big step because I didn't didn't really want to meet anyone. 
Um, and then you met me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met Ash. <laughs> no, but I don't think I talked to anyone on the first few shifts. I think I was very quiet. Um, but I think once you sort of start talking to people, I think lifelong friendships can be made through, like, work. If you're stuck with people, I think that's where you get the lifelong friends with. Because, especially for, like, introverts, I think putting yourself into a place where you can make friends will get you lifelong friends. I think... While you don't want to go out and be friends or get in relationships or anything, putting yourself into a spot where there will be people around you Mm. that you don't know already, I think that's where you get, that's where you can sort of build on what your life's at the moment. Um, I still think attraction, you need to sort of understand that you can have. Um, you can be nice to people. Yeah. You have to be nice to people. It's founding thing of respect. It's just genuine respect. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, that's attraction. I think. I think it's quite. Well, I think it's common sense, but it might not be that your parents' relationship obviously impacts you a lot. Not only their relationship mm-hmm. with each other, but with you as well. Oh yeah. So that is what I think makes attraction so individual. Is yes. though it might be. A common factor that your parents' relationship influenced you between everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone's parents' relationship is different, yep. so that's why it's always different. But at the same time, there's the traits of you know, kindness, respect, pretty much just the common traits of they're going to be somewhat funny, they're going to be somewhat interesting. Those are just yeah. basic things all round yeah. again. But what you value most, what people, some people might value someone that is really super sweet while other people they they can be obviously still friendly yeah but maybe there's something else maybe they're a bit more driven maybe they're a bit more that and that again is probably influenced from their parents relationship or their relationship with their parents yeah again what you surround yourself with is what you are Mm. which i think definitely comes a lot from parents i think surrounding yourself with what you want and what you are is good but i think what you are and what you want is built by your parent your relationship with your parents and then and then your own experiences yeah your experiences with your parents and then i think i think as a young like a young kid i think your main um reasons to attract to someone or attract someone um is derived directly from your parents your like your interactions with older people in your age group yeah um or not older people in your age group sorry i think like older people are adults i think any interaction you have with them i think is what you're gonna end up growing up yeah i think i think i know you can can deviate from that i know yeah because the thing is some people eventually just like not like you know Bullet or separate from their parents, but they they reject yeah, but even their that, parents. That's the thing. You your parents, even if you don't not like them, yeah. it's you've seen something in them and you don't want to be like that. So it's still that relationship of they've yeah. influenced you because maybe you haven't become them, but you rather you've become something different. I know of my dad. Mm. He's got a terrible relationship with my grandfather, mm. his dad, and that has shaped him a lot. And even though he doesn't have a good 
he doesn't have a relationship with his dad. It's always influenced him because it's made him turn to someone yeah. that's completely opposite. Yeah. Whereas me, I'm very close to my dad. So it's positively, I think, I've turned out quite similar. I do have quite similar characteristics. Mm. So regardless, people be like, oh, well, I have a bad relationship with my dad. Like, that shouldn't influence me. It, it does. And it doesn't it always does. have to be negative. Yeah. No. You know, I know there's a lot of, like, the daddy issues. like they, And that is another true thing. But it's not always negative. It can be positive. You saw this in your father or mother mm. and you didn't like that. Therefore, you became something better. Mm-hmm. I think any yeah any interaction, good or bad, will influence what you become in fu- in your future yeah. when you're like older, your teenagers, and adult. Absolutely, yeah. I think anything that happens within those adolescent and then like child years, I think that is what shapes you. Whether it's parents, it doesn't even have to be parents. It can be parents like. Older brothers, older sisters. It can be random people you see on the street. Yeah. yeah, it can be like everyone. Everyone in friends, parents. You. Yeah. yeah, I think the best thing that a parent can do is not keep the kid on a leash because mm. that's just overprotection. Yeah, but you have to raise them with good household morals. You can't just let them go off on their own and do their own thing. Like it's good for a kid to go out and have their own experiences. Absolutely, but they need to have a good foundation to do that with. But they need to have a good foundation to do that with, and if that and that's through morals. Like I know, I know a certain particular person that I'm thinking of right now, where they've got lovely parents, amazing people, amazing people, but then them themselves go out and do pretty questionable things. It's like, well, what what, what went wrong? Your parents are great, so why did you do that? And I, I don't blame the parents at all. Like, I do believe that these parents did raise um, them, you know, quite efficiently. But I think there is, you know, children do revolt. Mm. Children do revolt. And... It's a rebellious nature. It's a rebellious nature. And that's... It's okay to have a rebellious nature. I think having that in hints is good. But also, I think the reason why they would be so rebellious is because of their own experiences in their own life. Oh, yeah. And because of that, as a parent you need to be aware of what your child is going through and you need to make sure that your relationship with your child is open mm. because as Definitely. soon as it gets closed off, they can't trust you to tell you the things that they've done or the things that they've said. Mm. And because of that, they try to figure it out themselves. And here's the thing, a 16 year old is going to fuck up and not know actually how to fix a problem because <laughs> they're 16 years old. Yeah. They don't have the experience, they don't have the maturity, they don't have the knowledge. And guess what? Most most kids these days that are 16 years old, are, you know, are already like having alcohol. You know, like it's they're they're affecting their own minds already at such a young age, and they're not making it easier for themselves. And so when they get into a shit situation, they don't know what to do. And then you as a yeah. parent, you know, you feel like you're disconnected. Like, why don't my kids, you know, why, why are they so disconnected? It's like, well, because I don't, you, either one, you didn't raise them on good morals, or you might have raised them on good morals, but you never made yourself available as a parent. Mm. You never talked to your yeah. child. You never had fun in a way. And I, I know that that's a hard reality and truth because parenting is so daunting. Like, like you didn't even want kids. Like, it's, like, it's, it's so daunting. I want kids. You know, I can't wait to be a father myself. Not that it's going to happen for another 10 years, to be honest. Yeah. But it's just like, it's, I, I, I want that because I want that challenge. And I want to be able to raise a child that has good morals and that can trust me. And if a child can trust the parent, 
you will be fine. Like, you, you ever see those, like, you know, mums and daughters that are so fucking close with each other? Oh, yeah. That's my worst nightmare. It's your worst nightmare. But it's, it's like, it's like, they're so close. Like, I know that, like, my dad and I are pretty close with things. Mm. Him and I are pretty close. My mum, since this last relationship, her and I have become quite, her and I have become closer. Mm. You know, because again, I, I opened up and I trusted them and I let them into my life. So I think it goes both ways. An adult, as a parent, should open up to their child and let them into their life as much as a child, the you know, the daughter, the son, should open up their life and let their parent into their lives. Because again, it's the same as a friend. We're sitting in a car able to talk freely about these things without any sort of judgment because we know that we can open up and confide in each other. Yeah. And it's like we, we could probably never do these types of conversations with their parents, maybe not to the extent of this. Oh no. And that and that's where it's like, well why that that, that why isn't that possible? It's because we don't open ourselves up to parents and they don't open themselves up to them. Whether that's through embarrassment because you've made these mistakes, so you're like, oh, I don't want to let my parents know that I fucked up here. I don't want to let them know that this has happened. And like, so it's like, I think you need to toss embarrassment out the window for one second and trust that they're your parents. They're going to love you. Of course, not everyone has this relationship and that is sad to have. But for yeah. those that do have the potential to have this relationship, don't let it slip away because there is definitely someone out there who wants this type of relationship with their parents and it actually has no potential to have it. Mm. Yeah. See, but um, personally for me, I... Mm, bit controversial. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really agree with being completely open with parents. Like, fair enough. I, for me... I think, I think there's a degree. I mean, like, you know, tell them everything. Oh, yeah, But, yeah, like, yeah. Th- there's a degree of certain... There's, there, there's a degree oh, yeah. of things I think it should have the trust of if something were to happen, like you were saying, that I can come to you and confide in you and you give me that. But, yeah. like, when you just mentioned then, like, um, mothers and daughters that are very close, mm. I think it, maybe it's different between... So I do think it's actually different between sons and fathers when I talk oh, yeah. to some of my friends. Oh, definitely. But definitely. when I... Like, I know one of my friends, she's very close with her mother. Tells her everything. Yeah. Tells her about my love life. To a point where I'm like, I don't want that being known by your mother. I don't want... Because where I get sometimes with a close relation between parents, it almost feels like your parents are always going to want you to be safe and do right by you. Yes. And even if they try not to, like... But I first got my peas and I made some questionable road choices. <laughs> I did not tell my parents because I know yeah. that would, every time they go on road, they'd be concerned. Yeah. That's yeah. the same with sometimes I might, even though I know I can trust them and they won't do anything about that, I might not tell them certain things going on in my life yeah. just to save them the stress or the pain of having to deal with it. And I think that's kind of the same for, I think parents probably make a lot of sacrifices where they might not tell you something, mm. at least in that moment or of that age, because oh, you yeah. might not be ready to deal with that. I think I think white lies are such a good thing because they don't. <laughs> it's not like they harm someone, but yeah. it's like you're keeping them from the truth. But the truth might be something that absolutely derails them and sends them like too far gone um, and ruins a relationship with them, which I think. Some things you definitely do need to tell your kids, but I think there is a few things that can or doesn't have to. Um, same with kids to parents. I, I know with my dad, um, like my dad and I are pretty close, but there's a lot of things neither like we don't tell each oh, other. Yeah. Um, I think that's just how our 
relationship is, which is, I'm fine with that. I'm happy with that. Um, and I think there's definitely been things to sort of make it so that's how our relationship is. Um, whether or not those have been controllable events or just things that have happened. Um, (laughs) realistically, everything happens, it happens for a reason. Um, I don't want to say it's a canon event like Spider-Man, but a lot of things are canon events. Um, they need to happen in your life. Things do need to happen. There's experiences that you need to go through. The only thing is, and this is... A little, little, little bit of a side tangent, so sorry. Did you, do you want to finish your thing? Ah, oh, no, I'm pretty much finished. Um, and that is regrets. So, like, I think it's okay. Like, I, I know people who are like, oh, I don't, I don't have any regrets. I have so many. I'm like 17. <laughs> I have so many regrets. I think regrets are fine. I think regrets are fine. People, regret things. people who say, I don't have any regrets, I think are actually, they're arrogant. Oh yeah. They're arrogant to say that because that means that they've done nothing wrong. There's yes. things in their past they do not regret. There's things that they've like everything they've done is correct. Everything they've done is right, and everything they've done is yeah. is is perfect. It's like no, no, that is impossible. You said something that you regret. You've done something you regret. I know oh, that yeah. I have thousands of regrets. But here's the difference. This is the difference. All right. When you are on your deathbed, this is where people talk about regrets the most. It's like, well, when you're on your deathbed, are you going to have regrets? It's like, of course I'm going to have fucking regrets. But here's the thing. There's, there's two people on their deathbed. One person says, I have regrets, and guess what? I'm upset about that. I'm depressed that I never asked her out. I'm depressed that I never said I love you one more time. I'm depressed I never did this one little thing. Those people who have regrets, the reason why it comes back and haunts them is because they lived in denial their entire lives. They sat back the entire time going, nope, don't have regrets, don't give a damn, keep moving forward, blah, 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 blah. it's all white noise, get out of my head, it's not fine, keep going forward. And you regret that eventually later on in life because it hits you because it's like, oh shit, no, my life is over and I didn't do that one thing I really wanted to do. And I just was like, nah, it's fine. Get rid of it. It's it's fine. In denial. Whatever. I don't give a damn. It's like, no. People who have regrets on their deathbed, it's because they lived in denial. But there are people who are going to have regrets on their deathbed, but it's like, no, I don't have any regrets. It's like, well, I thought you wish you did this and you wish you did that. Well, that isn't that a regret? It's like, well, no. Because in my life, yeah. I acknowledged it. Mm. I said to myself, you, you, you know what? I missed that opportunity. I'm sad in that I missed that opportunity. Yeah. But... I've now learned a valuable lesson. Yeah, exactly. I'm now going to go forth with this lesson. And next time the opportunity presents itself, I now know what to do. Mm. If you keep living in denial over and over and over again, no matter what happens in your life, and you distract yourself, instead of instead of focusing on the problem for five minutes, you just distract yourself, move on to the next thing. And then as soon as it comes into your head, you go, no, 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 shut up. And then you go on to the next thing. No, 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 shut up, on to the next thing. You will eventually come to your deathbed where eventually you can't distract yourself anymore and all you're thinking about is that. And that's where a potent regret happens. You want to avoid those potent regrets. How? By falling into a problem and acknowledging it. Stopping what you're doing for one minute, sitting down, looking in the mirror and go, okay, I fucked up. I fucked up. But how can I avoid not fucking this up again? How can I go forward and not you know, have a regret? Use it as a lesson. Regrets are going to happen no matter what. It's like trying to go your entire life without a sin. Fucking possible. Eventually, you're going to stub your toe and swear. There you go. You've sinned. 
it just it's going to happen. Yeah. But how can we go about trying to avoid this problem happening again or if it is never going to happen again this was the one opportunity how can you as a person live through it cope with it and move on in such a way that you become you come to terms with it instead of just going no nope, that was my one opportunity I fucked it up cool you know what I'm going to do distract myself so let's go seek all these temporary pleasures for a while just keep distracting keep distracting keep distracting and then all of a sudden deathbed or 30 years later and you're like fuck I messed it up man and then all of a sudden you're calling that person back going dude I'm so sorry and they're they're like dude sorry man but it's over man like it's gone it's like oh damn it damn it it's like no 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 not damn it you had the chance Mm. 30 odd years ago to fix it or at least acknowledge it and you didn't and that's where the problem with pride and arrogance comes in it's okay to have pride it's okay to have arrogance it's okay to have everything in small doses but if you're going to have a regret, it's like, <sighs> regrets are okay, but don't deny them. Mm. Acknowledge them. Yes. I think regrets... That's my, that's my little tangent. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, Ash, can be quiet for like five minutes until he thinks of another little Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think regrets definitely are something we need to acknowledge and have. Yes. I think if you don't regret anything while you're alive like if you do something that normal person would regret and you just decide you don't want to regret that i think that is definitely signs of something with like a huge ego yes absolutely um which is not good um a huge ego can definitely damage your relationships with a lot of yes it can (laughs) speaking from experience not even my own the other people anyways um yeah it can definitely damage relationships with people but I think acknowledging your regrets and either trying to fix them or just acknowledging them that they're there, I think that is definitely needed to progress. Yes, absolutely. To, I guess, the next stage of... This is why people say, you know, like you you have a problem, talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Find someone you trust and talk about it. Even if it's with yourself, even if you're talking to you about yourself and sit with yourself for five minutes just to talk about it with yourself. That's better than just going, no, no, that's fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. And then just go on to the next pointless activity. Or even if the activity is good. Like working out. That's fine. If you need to distract yourself and go work out to forget about it, that's fine. But you need to come back to it eventually. It's okay to distract yourself for a little bit oh, yeah. just as a coping mechanism to get over it. But then as soon as you're ready to face the realization and face the monster of regret, you need to do it. You need yeah, to do it. Definitely. You cannot hide from it. It will always come back. And you think, no, 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 I'll just keep going. No regrets, no regrets. I'm telling you, man, it's going to come 30 years from now or your deathbed and it's going to be so fucking painful. Yeah. So painful. All right, Elliot, anything you want to add to that one? Regrets? No. Relationships? Yes. Forgot them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. However, there was another, I think it was you, Ash, that was saying you wanted to talk about how like men we don't really I feel like women how you treat women in a relationship is very talked about princess mm. treatment treat them well stuff what, like that no it's an hour oh it's an hour okay. we've hit an hour cool hit an yeah. hour. <laughs> first hour <laughs> um like but hour I don't think many people many girls at least are taught how to treat a guy in a relationship what the fuck is that <laughs> by the way we're recording this in a car like in my car, just in the um, the library parking lot of like near like the Jones Sutherland Center. 
And there was just a car that pulled past. One had like a like a bloody gun on the back of it. Oh my god! That yeah, is a it's a it's a cannon. That is a full cannon. And That's the other one looked like the the, the Ghostbusters <laughs> vehicle, but it had like Anna and Elsa all decorated over the sides. And then and it's got the two tires on the top, and then two like Anna and Elsa figurines on top. I don't know what that's for. That what is, the hell is that? That is oh, it's so interesting. Weird. That's what drives attraction because I'm attracted to that. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> I'm just curious. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Yes. What were we talking about? Men, <laughs> men, men being treated in relationships. Because you guys ah, talked yes. about with women, but what about men? Look, all I can say is from me, from men talking to a woman, when you find your man, support him mm. in everything he does. Give him purpose. Oh give my God, back, to the, back to the start. Literally give him purpose. I... I cannot say how like the last thing anyone wants to feel in any relationship man woman whatever is to feel worthless Mm. to feel like you're not contributing to feel like everything you do is going unnoticed and to feel like what you you, to feel worthless Mm. so you know I think I think it's very important to find each other's love language and then even if it grosses you out well, let's say you and I were dating for a second. Mm. What's your love language? I actually don't know. Don't know? <laughs> I know. Time? What's that? I think it's quality time. Quality time? That's See, That's mine's good. physical touch. Mm. I, and I, and I, I, and not I'm, not, I'm not saying that I'm going to be all over you. Yeah. No, I'm not. Because I, I know boundaries <laughs> and I also just don't want to just be all over you. But you know what I like? Mm. I like just holding my hand. Mm. Or if I'm just standing thinking about something... Just lean on my shoulder, mm. or just give me a hug. Mm. I like that. <laughs> what? Like, I think you need. Yeah. So I think, like, even if that grosses you out romantically, because I know that's why I picked on you, because I knew that you would not like my physical touch. But like, if we were dating, for example, like, I think I'd kind of want from you just those little things, mm. because even if it is just holding my hand, and just like you know, holding and just like just while I'm thinking or while we're waiting for something, if we're if we're in line at you know like. A, a Macca's or something like that. If you just held my hand while we just talked about what we're going to order, that would go oh, miles. That'd yeah. be great. Yeah, that would be so warming because I would remember again, like with like yeah. you. You think about quality time. So after quality time, you I guarantee you, you would go away after that quality time and think about that. Yeah. How nice that was. Yeah. How warm you felt. How you felt appreciated and embraced. For me, if someone gives me a hug, I think about that hug for so fucking long. <laughs> I think about like man, she hugged me. Mm. That felt good. Mm. There was nothing else. It was literally just a hug, and it was only three seconds long. Yeah. But that felt so fucking good. Mm. It felt yeah. so warm. I felt worth it. Yeah. I felt like she wanted me. Yeah. That's what I felt. I think so. Once you once you find out each other's love language, you need to both make an effort, um, to cater for their love language and I know for a man for at least me I don't know about you but for at least me it's like you want to feel warm and I feel like we men kind of get boxed in this thing of like you know well we're the provider we're the stoic men we have to go out there and work and you know be this strong person I think absolutely you do you do don't don't just start to sit back and go ah whatever no you still need to be strong you still need to go out there be stoic you need you need to be somewhat you need to be be a gentleman don't be a man be a gentleman yes and 
I think as much as you still need to do that, it's so good when a woman can stand beside you or any partner, no matter what, you know, what you're attracted to. If they can stand beside you and just say to you, I am so proud of you for what you're doing. And then give you affection in your love language. Whether that's a gift giving, quality time, physical touch, whatever it is. I don't know all of them. Those are the three that I know. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know all of them. But like, I think, because is the thing, I think, who who said it? I think it was honestly, wasn't, it was Chris Rock who said, only women and dogs are loved like unconditionally. Mm. They just get love from people. It's a man who has to go out and prove his worth. To get love. Yes. Yeah. And the last thing a man wants to do is fucking work his ass off, meet his partner, whether they're coming home to them or going out for a date, and then just get nothing in return. Mm. Because I can tell you what, it, it hurt me when I was dating my recent partner where I would try so hard to be invested in what they love, to put in time, to put in effort... To give gifts, because that's, that's what, you know, her um, uh, love language was. I put in all this effort. I would always talk about how, you know, my scripts are going well and how I've got this idea to make a film. You know, I, So I'm trying to prove to her that I'm on a track, that I'm going somewhere. It's not happening right now, but I've finished the script. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to film it. I know my actors. Like, like Things are happening. Things are rolling. And get nothing in return. Yeah. And it fucking hurt. Now, again, I didn't realize this. Cause this is why hindsight is so fun. Is because I didn't real. I didn't realize it until I realized. And look back now, it's like she never actually really cared about me. Because mm. otherwise, she would have put in the effort. Yeah. To actually talk about it and do something with it, mm. but she never did. And that's fine. That's okay. Because now it's made me realize that if I'm ever gonna find someone ever in life in terms of relationship, I want someone who can. Just be there for me and just, you know, hug me and say, you're doing good. Mm. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's what every man wants. I think it's definitely it's someone that cares for them. I cares for them. Cares for them and gives them a purpose. Whether yes. it's, like, gives them a purpose as, like, caring for the significant other. Yeah. Or it's, like, just being there for them. Whether yes. even... Whether the significant other's, like, independent yeah. or not, I think there's got to be a level of dependence so that a man yeah. can sort of have a reason to be there. I think yeah. if you're not giving a man a reason to be in a relationship, he's not going to want to be in yes. that relationship. I tell you right now, if as soon as you start to, like, really give affection to a man in his love language and just, you know give him the purpose that he feels and feel like make him feel like he's worth it even if it's just you know you go to him and say can you open this pickle jar god even if that even if that's what you know because he just wants to help you because i'll tell you what, again a man wants to help a woman a good genuine man not a fuck boy a good genuine man will want to help his woman absolutely i know for a yeah. fact that i would rather stand and defend my woman to the very fucking bitter end than just go yeah not worth it because you don't give me appreciation. It's like, no, I'm going to defend you. So in a way, I expect you to also defend and respect and love and trust and make me feel worth it in the relationship. Yeah. Now, however you do that, again, look back into the love language and then follow it up through there. 
But however you do it, please do it. Because the more you do it, the more I'm going to want to help you. And it's funny. At, at the start of the relationship, you know, you're, you're kind of on this base level of, you know, kind of like, you know, doing things for them and they do things for you. And then eventually things build and eventually they'll do something for you. And because you're so in love, you can't help but do something for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But you, and, and I think everyone in a way wants to get to that stage in a relationship where they can just do something for a partner and they know that not only is the partner going to appreciate and you know, give them affection, but they're going to do something for them. Mm. They're going to give them time. They're going to give them a hug. They're going to give them a kiss. They're going to give them affection in some way, even if it's just mm. your verbal affection of your, I'm proud of you. To hear those words for a man is so warm. Oh, yes. It's so warm. To hear those words, you're good enough, I'm proud of you, I love you, you know, you are worth it, you know, I would stick right with you to the very end, is so worth it. I think for a lot of guys, not obviously not everyone, but I think for a lot of guys, physical touch and then words of affirmation affirmation are two decently big... Decently um, Like, love languages are probably more common. Obviously, it's not going to be in every guy. But I think... Yeah. So, having someone by your side to sort of help you just... Or want help from you. I think that's what will drive a man in a relationship. I think having, again, that purpose, that need to be there is something that is very important. Um for a man to receive. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how, what it's like for, uh, like ladies and others and, um, the other genders, but I know speaking as a man myself, I know that my, my love, love language would probably be physical touch mm-hmm. or words of, of affirmation. Yeah. Um, quality time's a good one. I think I can agree with that, but, like I'd love to spend quality time with people, but I'd also like that like the hand holding, anything small. Like just as long as you acknowledge that I'm there and that you want me there, um, I think that's what is needed for a lot of men. Just the fact that someone wants you to be there with them. Whether it's even like not like you're needed to be there for like a, an emotional standpoint, but they just want to spend time with you. Like, quality time. Something, something that just you want... You want to... You want the man there. Yeah. Just to be with them. Um, yes. Just to be in, like, the same room as them. Whether you're doing anything, like, not talking. If you're just sitting in a room mm. together. Um, I think that can mean a lot to a man. Yeah. This is a bit of a tangent, but something... What you said earlier kind of brought me to it. You targeted me and like the whole like (laughs) uh, quality time versus physical touch with my little recent whatever. Yeah. I've kind of realized relationships or whatever it is, romance is very much a skill. Oh, yes. It's very much a skill. And you have to get good at it. That's why you have to do it. Yes. I don't think a lot of people realize that. I think because we see so many movies, (laughs) we see so many movies and you just see like the good bit, the good. You just see it happen. It just they see each other and then poof. Yeah. Love at first sight. Yeah. I don't really see the skill because, like, as you were saying then, how like matching the love language, I 
TMI, whatever. Mm. The whole like matching physical touch, I did not realize how hard that is <laughs> not knowing what to do until you're thrown into it because like trying to match it, obviously I want to be there and give that, yeah. but I actually just don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. When it's like, oh, oh. I tell you what, lean your head against your shoulder. Which I found that works. I'm but glad you at least found that. It's a struggle to get there. Tenfold. <laughs> Hold his hand. Like, yeah, see, I know now, but Fold. man. It's, it's done. Getting there, such a struggle. Yep. Like, I have to say. Oh, uh, yeah. That's why that's why we said you need experience. Because mm-hmm. I, think, I think throwing yourselves into relationships when you get a bit older, if it's your first one, I think that's what sort of makes the first one harder. Because you don't know what you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, and again, it's so easy just to throw yourself into a hookup culture and just think that that's what love is. Yes. It's just to throw your body around to the next person who says yes to you. When in reality, it, like, it's, it's built. Mm. You, I, like, love at first sight, do I believe in that? <sighs> I mean, uh, kind of, kind of, yes. I think some people can get lucky with it. I think soulmates definitely probably exist. But I think it's... Relationships are built. Mm. They don't just happen. Oh, yeah. You need to build them. And I tell you what, the first the first month is going to be amazing because the first month, everything's great. And then you get into the nitty-gritty shit where all of a sudden you realize who you, you both really are. Yeah. It's, and this is where, and, and this is where I then say, look at potential. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the now because that's what gets you through those, few, those next few months. And you're going to go through a lot of arguments. You're going to go through a lot of problems. But again, if you just keep working at it, it's a skill. You're going to get better. Every skill takes practice. You're never perfect when you first do it. And here's the thing. Like, people, again, are just going for these short-term little flings and hookups because it's just so much easier than to commit to something that's so long-term. And then all of a sudden, those people in hookup culture become 25, 26, and they don't know actually how to be in a relationship. They really don't know how to be in a relationship and actually, like work on something and change themselves for necessity they don't know how to do that they're just like oh i have to care for you mm. yeah the fuck why why can't we just go our own separate ways eventually like why i have to actually oh i have to i have to be there for someone oh it's so boring and i have to you know make sure he, he feels loved and cared for and attend like uh, it's like no you don't you can't moan about that stuff that stuff is a privilege. You, it's an honour. Yeah, but if you actually do love someone or are attracted to them, like them, hmm. it that stuff doesn't become a chore. It does no, become it something oh, no. that you you look forward to doing. Absolutely, you look to giving them that. Yeah, but if you go, if you come from the like sleeping around culture, I think, and then go and do it for so it's long, be harder. and then you go into a relationship, you're not going to understand how to do it because no you as your perception yes yeah but also here's the thing is like the the thing that you are probably really good at and understand is probably the sex the flirting and the small talk you can get those which initial is, stages yeah, yeah but, but which is thing, also a good thing to thing. have anyway what happens when someone disagrees in the relationship now what do you do that's mm-hmm. where people fall it's not so much that they, that this, that they they're going to be good at sex. They may be good at you know small talk and flirting and those like small little din- dinner dates and stuff like that. But then when it comes to actually organizing a holiday, we're going to go together on this holiday. We're going to go somewhere and we're going to have fun. We're going to plan. We're going to do things. It's like well, there's yeah. going to be problems that arise, especially if it's just the two of you. Someone's going to get pissed off. You left the toilet seat up. 
there it goes. All of a sudden, you have a small little thing that can lead into bigger things, and then resentment, and then anger. And you know what's easier? Just getting rid of them and moving on to the next guy. Because that's what you did before. Yeah, Same with the guy. It's easy just to get know. rid of the girl and move on to the next girl because that's what you know exactly. Yeah, it's what you've done and before. So it's, it's so what you've easy done. To it's so it's much easier that many times. But now, good luck trying to actually maintain something. Mm. Maintaining is a key word when it comes to relationships. Building is a key word when it comes yeah. to relationships. And if you don't know how to maintain and build, because you've always been in this hookup culture where you don't have to build or maintain anything, you just a few nights and that's it. It's like well. You know, when something arises, it's like, well, that's too bad. Yeah. That's so sad. You know, like, I, I, I myself don't have much experience in dating. Not too much. But. I don't even. I, I understand. Because we're young. Yeah. But I understand that it is building and maintaining. Building and maintaining. Yeah. Building, man. It's constant building. It's constant maintaining. There's, con- there's going to be constant frustrations, but there's also going to be so many good, genuine moments. And it's got to be from that both. keep you going. It's got to be from both it's people. Got to well. be from both you can't people. Can't just have like a one way where. Absolutely. For example, maybe the guy's putting in all the effort, or the girl's putting in all the effort, and then the other person just isn't. Yes. I think that. Absolutely. That's what I've learned. Um, every single one. Yeah, I've let that. I think both me and Ash have let that the hard way. Yep. Um. No, I don't want to be next. Please respectfully don't pass on the baton. Thanks. Aaliyah! Respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, no. Aaliyah doesn't know what she's doing at this point. I'm thriving. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just, I think, take on these key words. Build and maintain. Build yeah, and maintain. Listen, listen to our advice. <laughs> See, it's interesting. I, I like talking to other girls about their thoughts on relationships. Because I definitely think it's it's changed over time a lot, obviously. And I think yes. social media has helped with that and so has, like, progressing views. Yep. But I like to think my view on it is very... Not very traditional, but somewhat traditional. I, I prefer traditional love. I do think the, the dynamic of provider and nurturer is for me something very important and it doesn't have to manifest in the guy being a provider it can oh yeah i yeah. do think it can swap but ultimately the dynamic of provider and nurturer because i think what works or at least what works for me and what i find attractive is when you've got someone who because both providing and nurturing they're both giving actions you're both giving to each other yeah yes just in different ways the provider yes. might be a bit more let's say long term kind of get down to work whatever where the nurturer is kind of helping that go along helping that go along and (laughs) i was watching it's really i think it's a really good movie but apparently a lot of people think it's a bad movie it's got uh what's his name jake gyllenhaal no 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 it's not him great actor is it no it's not him what's the movie what's the movie Uh, prince of persia Persia. you know the movie i haven't watched it oh prince of persia yeah is it that's um jake gyllenhaal it is okay yeah like not the probably greatest movie of all time, but I remember it sparked a conversation with me and my friend about kind of like, you know, I guess gender roles in relationships or whatever. Mm. Because a girl in it is very feminine. Very, I guess feminine energy is that keyword in social media. But I feel like if a lot of women still want a man that will, you know, pay for the day and oh, yeah, he'll open will. the door. They still want the gentleman, whatever. But they want to be the independent without giving. Yes. And I don't think that's very fair. You can't expect all of that if you're not giving anything back. Mm. You're just taking it. Yeah. And the least you can do is, if they pay for dinner, show your gratitude in little ways. Or if they do that, 
show in other little ways just if they provide this nurture it show that it's appreciated show that it's you are grateful for that and then when they provide something else keep doing that and i think those dynamics are so strong no matter if it's woman man just if this person gives yeah and this person gives and nurtures and it keeps going that is such a good healthy dynamic i think that i mean it can work as a person who doesn't like relationships or doesn't so I don't know if I'm a bit, I'm the person to be listening to here, but yeah, no, you know, I, I agree. I think having that, um, sort of relationship is, is good. I like that as well. I think, yes. um, but I think it can go both ways. So, I mean, like at different times, like, I don't think you need, I think sometimes you don't need one person to have the nurture role and yeah, one person yeah, to have the other. I think it can switch, yeah. like change. It like like it can interchange between who's doing what mm. whether you're um what is it giving and nurturing yeah. or providing and providing nurturing. and nurturing that's it um whether like one person's providing and then one person's nurturing i think that role should be swapped um like interchangeably that like you shouldn't have to obviously tell them yeah. you're providing today i'm nurturing today <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, i think i think you need to try and find as much as you know like 50 50 doesn't really exist mm. yeah but as much but, of a split yeah. as you can yeah roughly yeah or whatever works in your relationship really because it doesn't have to be 50 50 depending on the two people that are in the relationship some people just want to provide some people just want to nurture mm. yeah that's just what it is but some people want a 50 50 split some people want 75, 25. It honestly depends. I think this is this is stuff you need to talk about with your partner. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is, I feel like definitely. a lot of people, when you hear like 70, 25, people are like, oh, that's terrible. But some people actually enjoy giving yeah. that much. Yeah. And yeah. it and some, works and, for yeah. some people. As much as it might seem crazy to like me or you or someone else, for some, one person giving a lot more actually just works for them. It makes them both happy. Mm-hmm. It's funny, just like... <laughs> It's all so much common sense. Like, yeah. But, but we're so... We're not able to really find it because... I think, honestly, the culture that surrounds us... Isn't um, that anymore at is, all. Isn't, isn't really traditional anymore. No. And Which is fine. I mean, we're all, like, evolving. I don't think... That's fine. I don't think traditions should stay necessarily, but I think... Depending on the person depends on whether mm-hmm. you stay traditional or whether you sort yes. of adapt your own way of doing it, which mm-hmm. is like which is fair. Yep. I'm but I th- happy yeah. to sort of hear the mind. But yeah. considering we're all traditional, we don't have anyone to to debate us to debate that. Um, yeah, <laughs> which is fine. But I think there is a few people that would obviously debate it. I mean, everyone will debate it, but I think. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to debate things. Um, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the debating so far. I'm like, I like that. However, however, however. It is always pushed back against. Yeah. Definitely me. You've definitely pushed back against me a lot. (laughs) Because I'm always correct. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, I think that comes to the end of the first episode of Brain Credit. Damn, Brain Credit. Lots of tangents. Episode one, relationships comes to an end. Relationships and purpose. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, We will be back God knows when again, probably two to three business days after we, James and I, put it in the chat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because then Aaliyah will be like, oh yeah, I'm busy that day. Oh yeah. And then it'll be another four weeks until we get another answer. Exactly. So, but till then, (laughs) thank you for uh, going all the way to the end if you have gone all the way to the end. Um, 
and we will see you in the next uh, podcast where I don't know what we will be talking about. It'll be something. It'll be something interesting. Who knows? Maybe one day it'll be aliens and vampires. But till then, thank you all for joining. I am Ashley Benson, signing out. I'm James Elliott, signing out. William Marigold, signing out. And we will see you on the next episode of Brain Credit very soon. Ka-chow.